Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Thanks for joining me for another Sunday solo episode. Whether it's Sunday night and you're gearing up for the week, Monday morning and you're on your way to work, or whatever day this podcast has found you, I'm really glad you're here. So before we get going into today's episode, I want to read the review of the week. If you haven't already, you're enjoying this podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and you too could be read on air as a review of the week. So this five-star review is titled Outstanding. Way to go, Carly. Brave, bold, fearless, fun, and informative. Thank you for speaking out on everything from depression to racism. We need you in the world. Denny. Thank you so much for that review. It truly means the world to me to hear feedback like that and to know that these things that matter to me are mattering to you too. So thank you so much. So in today's episode, it is part two of the Depression 101 conversation, let's say, that I started with the last episode. So if you haven't, go listen to part one of Depression 101. That is just kind of the overview of what depression is. That might help. If you haven't listened to that, that's okay too, because today we are going to talk about things not to do to support someone with depression. And I want to start here because it's just a good place to start. Next episode, I'll talk about what to do, but let's get these things out of the way first. So first of all, before I get into this list, if you have done any of these things that is on this what not to do to help someone with depression, if you have done any of these things, it is okay. You most likely did not mean to do something that wasn't helpful. Oftentimes, these things on this what not to do list that we're going to go through are coming from a really good place, from a really good intention of just trying to help someone. But especially if you haven't experienced it yourself, you don't realize that these things don't land exactly how you intend them to with someone with depression. So it's okay. I don't want you to walk away from this episode and feel guilty or feel like, you're a shitty person. I've done some of these things. Like I've done some of these things in the past and I'm someone who's dealt with depression. So it's okay. You might do these things in the future, but hopefully listening to this list and talking about this will kind of keep it on your radar or help you understand why they're not as useful as it may seem. So let's dive in. I have another article that I'm using that I'll share in the show notes. That's just like a really good jumping off point. So things not to do. And this list I really liked, which is why I'm I'm using it. And I'll share some of them on this list because, yeah, it just, it just really rang true with me that these things were like, no, thank you. So number one is don't take things personally. I'm going to read that again. Number one, do not take things personally. Y'all, this is hard. This is hard in life, but this is especially hard if you have a partner going through depression. I know that was hard in my last relationship. 
if you have a really close friend or a family member. This one is really hard when it's someone that you are in some sort of relationship with, whether romantic or familial or friendship or whatever. This little section, I'm going to read you this because it's so poignant. Quote, your friend's depression isn't your fault, just as it's not their fault. Try not to let it get to you if they seem to lash out at you in anger or frustration. Keep canceling plans, forget to follow up, or don't do much of anything. You might, at some point, need a break from your friend. It's okay to space yourself out if you are emotionally drained. It's also important to avoid blaming your friend or saying things that might contribute to their negative feelings. So you can talk to another supportive person in your life, or consider talking to a therapist even about how to support them. So that is really, really important. It is so hard to explain to someone you're close to that it's not their fault. It is not their fault. I was, when I was really kind of struggling the most with my depression, I think it was really hard for my partner to not internalize that. It was really hard for my partner in my past relationship to not think it was their fault. And it makes sense now that I'm out of it and look back because it looks like you're being triggered by them. But really, it's just because you're around that person the most. So these things are going to come out in front of them more often. So don't take things personally. I know that's really hard, but just keep that one top of mind. Number two, don't try to fix them. Woo! Don't try to fix them. This one is hard for me personally as a support person because I want to soak up people's pain. I hate people being in pain. But trying to fix someone else, especially when you're in a close relationship with them, that's not your job. Your job is support. But you can't fix them or try and fix them. That is, it's just not healthy for you or for them. And you might say like, well, just do this or just do this. Just stop thinking about sad things. That was an example from this article. And yeah, you can talk to them and ask what helps or how can I be supportive. But telling them what to do and trying to just kind of fix it quickly is not going to work. And it's probably going to make that person feel worse when those pieces of advice don't fix them. So good segue into number three. Don't give advice. I want to expand on a little bit more about this because I think this can be tricky. You can encourage positive change, but trying to like tell people exactly what to do is not necessarily going to help. Again, I think this is really tied to number two. It's like it's not your job to fix them. So you can give advice. I think I would change this one a little bit. You can give advice if that person is open to hearing it. I think it's nice to be like, hey, you know, I had some thoughts about something you shared with me about where you're at. Is that okay to share with you? That's one thing. But just starting to throw all these like, I know how to fix it. Again, this one's hard for me personally to be supportive because I am like, what about eating this? What about working out? Blah, 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 blah. But that is only helpful if they are looking for it. Number four, don't minimize or compare their experience. Woo! Don't minimize or compare their experience. Yes, this is not 
just a bad day. So as I talked about in the first one, it's different if you have a bad day and you're low and like we all have those shitty days where you're like, I'm done, I'm going to bed, this shit is dumb. This is different. This is prolonged. Like this is a sustained period of time that you're drowning in depression. And it's not just a sad day. So kind of that like minimizing, oh, we've all been there is it's so painful. It's so painful because then it makes them think, why, why can't I just get over it? Or if we've all been there, like nobody else seems to be struggling like me. Like the pain is so real and so hard to explain when you're in it. It's just, it's just not helpful to be minimized. Number five, this is important. I want you to listen up. I mean, hopefully you're listening the whole time, but listen to this one. Don't take a stance on medication. Don't take a stance on medication. You can have a personal stance on medication, but you don't get to have a stance on medication for that person. For a very long time, I never would have thought I would have ever been on antidepressants. Ever, 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 ever. I was in therapy. I was doing all these other natural remedies, blah, 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 blah. And I tanked so hard that I had to start antidepressants. And I am so grateful that I did. I don't think I'll be on them forever. I'm actually looking into lowering my dose right now. But it was a really good decision for me. And I'm so lucky that the few people in my life who were supporting me through this time we're very encouraging and we're very good at saying like, yeah, maybe that is something to look into if you're considering it. But it's not that anybody said you have to be on medication or the really scary part is when people try to tell you not to. Like, I can't believe you're putting that in your body. Like, yo, I'm a big old hippie over here, but I'm going to take antidepressants because I need to get out of bed in the morning. So... Telling someone that they shouldn't be doing that, just don't. Absolutely don't do that. If they have questions and they want your opinion, again, this comes back to if they are asking you for your opinion, you talk about your stance, but make sure it's very clear that that's where you're at. That's not where they need to be at because those are two very, very different things. So those are five really important what not to do when you're supporting someone. And, you know, it's easy to just read off a list of five things, but these are really important. These are really important and could help or hinder that relationship you have with someone dealing with depression. And it could also really benefit them in the long run for you being supportive and not, I mean, what all of these kind of come down to is, You not internalizing that anything about the situation is your fault. As the support person, it's just not your fault. And then the second kind of like overview of all these points is that it's not your job to fix them. It is not your job to fix them or shame them or tell them what to do. You can only be there. There's these memes or images or I don't know. Things on the internet. I feel really old for how I just described that. I think it's a meme. Anyway, there's this image that I really love, and it's of a person sitting down 
and they look sad and maybe there's like a cloud over them or something and someone walks up in the scene and asks what they can do and they just sit down next to them. So it's not trying to like pull them up or be happy, like force this. You sit down with that person where they're at. That is crucial, like absolutely crucial because they're going to trust you to lean on you because you're just there. Like physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is, like if you're just there, those people for me made like the biggest difference. I don't even know how to describe how important that was to me. So I hope this helps. I hope this gives you some tips on what not to do when supporting someone. Now that we've kind of got those things out of the way, next week the episode will be all about what to do. So how do you support someone who's going through this? We know what not to do. Now, what do we do? Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If you want to help me get this into the ears of more listeners, send it to a friend, text it to a family member, share on social media, whatever you can do really helps me out. If you want to be read on air, again, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and you could be read on air as the review of the week. If you haven't yet, get your butt over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and see all the things I'm offering over there. And finally, go to my website, consciouslycarly.com, and check out the self-love reset course. I think you're really going to love it. Until next time.